My name's Darren. I like kicking kids, punching dogs, and drinking lukewarm Pepsi. I'm dating your daughter. Isn't that great? <laughs> yeah, they'd like play up. Like, if the boyfriend on the couch was like already an ex, they just made him look even worse than he, yeah. than he already was. Yeah. I loved it. And the parents would get on it too. I would live for that because the parents would be like, yeah. you're a loser. He goes, oh, what? And then <laughs> I loved parental control. All right. Here, here's a quick question. Yes. Uh, if you were a parent and a magic card was your child's partner and you were trying to get rid of them, what would that magic card be? Janet the Magistrate. <laughs> Oh gosh, we're getting discoursey today. It's a okay. Listen, the card, man in the card, attractive. All right, but when you read between the lines, you see the red flags. Yeah, he does have a dope fade. Yeah, you look at him and you're like, wow, he's, you know, my 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 child did well. You know, good looking, good looking card like that. And then you read between the lines and you see the red flags and you see it's a stacks piece and you go. Maybe we can get you to date this nice, uh, you know, uh, Wilson. He 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 has partner. <laughs> a literal bear. A literal bear. Well, he's. I mean, he's friend shaped, and yeah. astute, and he, he has partner. So too. he's willing. He's willing to change with you. You know. Fair. Yeah. It's the only card I could think of. I think I'd pick Sloppy Bile Piper. <laughs> Because they probably smell. They probably smell. I mean, that's literally is, it. It's, they they smell. Is Bile Piper their family name? I I <laughs> S Bile Piper. Yeah. Great question. Esquire. Let us know in the comments if you think <laughs> that that's first name last name. Just like yeah. Dranith is like Dranith is almost a uh, first name. It's, it kind of sounds like Janet. Like that text you sent me a couple weeks auto- ago. It autocorrected. <laughs> I did voice to text and autocorrected Dranith to Janet. And I actually think that's kind of great. <laughs> it's a good nickname, Janet. It's, it's like kind of picking up and like slowly becoming a thing. Really? Janet oh my God. Magistrate. I'm not even kidding. And I'm, I'm being a thousand percent honest with you right here right now. It has been my dream. I'm not joking. Ever since I first started playing Magic to coin an iconic name for a card like Eugene or Gary or Skittles I want that for me. I want that for me you, so you bad. You want Janet? I want Janet to yeah, become a I, thing. I, I, like, I mentioned it on the RC Discord uh, a couple weeks ago. And people were just like, wait, what? And I was like, Chase accidentally texted it to me. It's stuck ever since. I can't not think of it. And like 10 people were just like, okay, yeah, this fits. I'm, I'm into it. Let, this, is, this is a thing now. Let's go. After we record this, I'm going to tweet that out. I'm going to be like, I'm, we're, we're, we're calling it Janet. It, we're making it a thing. If I can coin this forever in magic history, wash my hands. I'm done. Biggest accomplishment. <laughs> so what are we actually talking about this week? Well, my lovely friend, uh, this week we are talking about removal. What a what a fun little topic that is and why, uh, you know... There's a lot of there's a lot of chitter chatter going on about removal in terms of, you know, you should just run more removal or it dies to removal. What what's up with that? Like a like a Jerry Seinfeld kind of thing. <laughs> it, it's bad. I, that's what I pictured. That's yeah. what I pictured. What but like seriously though, what is the deal with removal? Why are mm. 
why are people like this? Because, like, <laughs> I don't know. Why are you like this? This is just me and my hot take. Like, I think the whole dice to removal, just run, just run removal thing is just a bunch of BS. Like, it's people weaponizing, um, weaponizing opinions and like misplacing their judgments and, and misplacing mm-hmm. their opinions personally. Mm-hmm. Also, like everything dies to removal at some point. Yeah. So does that mean like every card ever is just bad? Yes. All right, we're done. <laughs> that's, that's that's the episode. See you that's next week. That's the episode. Every card's bad. But <laughs> I um I'm really happy that you you brought up this topic because um I I really like this. I used to be one of these people. I used to be one of these people. Let's 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 backpedal a little bit, travel back in time and talk about how the day that Whole Breacher was banned, I will never forget it. I was just leaving my Starbucks job. It was dark times and I was so sad. I saw Whole Breacher was banned and I made like this little angry little tweet tirade being like, just run removal. It's fine. Obviously that it's not fine. I get it now. It was a good card. It deserved to be banned. Breaks my heart every time. I have an artist proof sitting here that I'll never get anything done with because why? But um, flex on people. I can That's flex why. on people with it. But I will say I was really heartbroken. It was banned. So I was like, it, you just run worm removal. Because in my head, it just seemed like the obvious choice. But you have to remember in a situation with like Hole Breacher, it basically locks you out of the game and you don't even have a chance to run removal. And it's it's this whole big deal. But the point is, is that it doesn't, it doesn't give you any good um, conversation or any good... Um, I don't want to say critique, but they're good, good discourse. And when I say discourse, I don't mean online internet discourse. I mean, healthy discussion about it. It just seems like a buzzword that you hear. Yeah. Like discourse, discourse is actually good. Discourse is inherently healthy, productive conversation. Mm -hmm. And the internet being the internet has just misconstrued a definition for the sake of uh, narrative. Oh, yeah. I think it's apt to bring up like... This whole just run removal thing, uh, dies to removal thing, is because of um, Alice Norn, Mother of Machines, which we've mm-hmm. mentioned on the show. But like that literal same sentiment to a T that you used to have about Hall Breacher is mm-hmm. the like the exact same sentiment that the community is like working around in circles about uh, mm-hmm. Alice Norn right now. So I, I think it's really interesting. Like this isn't a one-off thing every creature that ends up in the discourse or the zeitgeist of the community mm-hmm. boils down to eh, dice to removal. Eh, just, just remove it. Just play removal in your deck. Yeah. And for me, it's, I've noticed that nowadays we don't really, we don't really discuss the cards like this anymore. We kind of just say, Oh, well, dice removal. It's fine. And we kind of brush it off. That's why I kind of said it was a buzzword. And, yeah. you know, I want to, I really want to bring up um, Sheldon's article about Elish Norn because he really went in depth on like, you know, this is why I think here's some of the positives of the card. Here are some of the negatives of the card. You know, it was a very like detailed analysis and obviously it's an opinion and, you know, you don't have to agree with that opinion, but it's better that we do that and analyze a card and the way it was designed, how it can be run in decks, how it can be run as a commander. That's better than just saying, well, you know, it dies to Doomblade. I see a lot of people say it dies to Doomblade. I mean, that, but that doesn't really, that doesn't. Literally every creature that isn't black dies to Doomblade. Exactly. Like, it's not constructive conversation. Creature. Yeah. 
I think people are quick to judgment. And I think people are quick to deflect that judgment as well. Mm-hmm. And like you said, they don't they don't take a moment to like look at the nuance. Mm-hmm. Like Elish Norn, Hull Breacher, Dranith Magistrate, like literally every kind of like remotely controversial card um, or re- remotely discoursey card, uh, mm-hmm. I think is a better way to word it, from the past like three years. Yeah theoretically self-selects itself into a certain sect of the format yes and this is where they're worried because this gets into like a dockside extortionist sort of thing Mm -hmm. um these self-selected cards are making their way into more places than the self-selected parts of the format you're seeing dockside at more casual tables recently um elish norn being a like a hallmark character for this upcoming year and you know like the big mythic Mm. on all the advertising everything like that it's going to be incredibly popular white spent on a huge uprise etbs Mm. and like under the battlefield sort of things is like one of the most popular most common set of words stapled onto a creature these days so like it fundamentally doubles the most common thing that a deck is probably doing and then shuts off the most common thing that a deck is probably doing. And that's where the conversation doesn't really get into. And that's the conversation that people kind of need to have before they just say, mm-hmm. oh, it just dies for removal. So it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. And I will say this. This is kind of like my, I know we're kind of getting a little bit weird with Alice Norton here. But um, for it's me, it's the litmus it's, test that kind of sparked all of this for everybody. So it really it is. But but like with 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 stuff like Dockside, it just it makes sense for people to want to run it consistently in decks that mm-hmm. have red. But when you look at Elish Norn, I feel like I feel like, and again, we can't really know until we see it in person. Because I mean, exactly. how many times have we as a community been like, oh, the sky is falling, and then the card gets printed, and we're like, oh, whoa, nothing happens. But like, well, like how many green mythics were printed this past year? God, how, because we are how technically recording this on New Year's Eve. <laughs> there's a lot yeah you like that that's that's exactly it though but i feel like elish norn regulates herself in a way that dockside doesn't she does look very scary and she is very powerful don't get me wrong but i can really only see her thriving in two decks deck number one hard stacks deck you want to be very controlling you want to eliminate your opponent's options give you more and then the second one is just like a flicker deck like an etb flicker deck which mm-hmm. is very there's a lot of options to do that in mono white i used to have um a selesnia flicker deck and most of the pieces were white in there you know she's good as a 99 for a flicker or 99 in stacks or commander in either or but past that i don't see her being too present in white you know i mean but again that's just like my pre-meta concept yeah, she she's a five mana four seven, so like the stats for the price are good, and it's the combination of the stats for the price and the fact that she's a panharmonicon and a mm-hmm. torpor orb all at the same time. So yeah. you're like you're hitting that trifecta of this could be a problem. Mm-hmm. When you look at it that way, I can understand oh, why yeah. there would be some inevitable conversations because we've never yeah. seen five mana card like that. You would expect it to be like a four three or like a four four or something like that in all honesty i really i really wish that they would have changed her pips around a little bit i think she's too splashable 
I really mm. would have liked them to do five. I think is a good man of value for her. I would have liked maybe two and three white pips. That's I was or, thinking the exact same thing. I really think like if you really amp up because they did that, they did that in Kamigawa. They gave a lot of pips yeah. in Kamigawa, and that makes it very hard to splash. And I like that. That makes you that makes you kind of the gears are turning in your head. You're working harder to deck build and make the thing happen. It, she just feels too easy. Mm -hmm. um, like we we kind of talked about it last week though. Um, treasure has kind of made pippage on cards a little less relevant. That's true. Yeah, we did. But that's besides the point. That is way too deep in the weeds on Elish Norn. But uh, <laughs> I think it was good constructive conversation. I yeah, I think I think <laughs> it's a conversation Elish. that we needed we needed to have. Yeah. It sets the baseline for what we're gonna talk about the rest of the show. And yes. that's like why you actually probably do want to run removal but probably why you don't. Yeah. We're doing a reverse psychology with you here. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I I have this theory, uh, mm -hmm. and I'm going to run it past you. Yes. Uh, I think people don't run removal in their decks because the cards are boring. Oh, that's... I mean, yeah, I think it's boring. I think, I think removal, standard removal is boring. So, yeah. Most people I know add removal to their decks at the end of their deck brewing process because those are like the boring cards. Me. That's me. It's me. <laughs> Whereas you look at something like ramp ramp are ramp cards, the boring cards that let you do the thing that you actually want to do and mm -hmm. do all the fun stuff. So you add those first. They're equally as important, but they have a different <sighs> emphasis put onto them in the deck yeah. building process. For, for me, when it comes to the deck building process, I mean, I, I do a lot of brewing on stream, so I do it really consistently. And it's it's weird because I used to go from like putting it in at the very beginning, but then when I would put it in at the very beginning and I started adding cards that felt more on theme with the deck, I felt like, well, you know, like I want this a lot more than I want like a Damnation or a Wrath of God mm -hmm. or something or a Day of Judgment. It just felt... It felt not as exciting as the card that could possibly interact with my deck in in in, 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 in a unique way. Yeah, there's more than three pieces of removal ever printed in uh, in Commander. Like you don't need <laughs> Wrath of God, Blasphemous Act, and Cyclonic Rift in every deck. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I know they're easy. I know they are. Well, two of them are relatively affordable-ish these days, but like. Iconic. It's literally not a game of commander without a red deck playing Blasphemous Act. I, like, yeah, I've I, heard that said on Twitter. <laughs> I've heard that said on Twitter before. And if you heard uh, it said I on Twitter, it. it must be true. Exactly. I'm so sorry. No, I, I like this. I like this idea though of like theming your removal. Like I know you're. What's the um, what's the path to exile that you run in Alibu? Because there's a lot of cards that fit that bill. I'm really glad that you said that because that's been helping me change my concept of deck building up a little bit more is like finding ways to make removal exciting and have it really be integrated in, in your deck building theme. So um, for instance, I don't run a ton of removal in Alibu. And the reason why is because Alibu um, themselves is a removal baked into your commander every time i attack i have the option to remove something and that could be player removal that could be creature removal stuff like that but um 
I do have a couple pieces of removal in there. And originally I did have like swords and path, but I really didn't want to give my opponent. Um, I really didn't want to give my opponent resources with those two. So I popped in a dispatch, which is essentially the same thing in an Alibu deck, which is, uh, which if you have a certain amount of artifacts, you exile the creature that you would target. Cause I think it says tap target creature. And then if it's like, you have mm -hmm. three or more artifacts, you exile it instead. So I run that because it's a really good way to get rid of something big in the deck. It feels rewarding because I met the criteria to hit that spell and it feels on theme with what I'm trying to do in Alibu. Yeah, like I, I kind of do something similar with um, Slobbery Deathmatch where I run Decree of Pain and like basically all the all of my removal spells are wrestling puns or like cards that sound like they'd be like fighting moves. Mm-hmm. So like it does, you don't necessarily have to just like pick. Uh, oh, I'm running an artifact deck. I'm gonna <clears> run the metalcraft removal cards. Like you can like get thematic even just like with names or effects and stuff like that. And yeah. a lot of these more niche cards like um like dispatch, degree of pain, are like pennies compared to staples. Yeah. So they they even make great budget options as well. Like. I think like Blasphemous Act is reprinted mm. like several times a year and it's still like a $3 card. Yeah, it's, like that. it's, it's insane. But like when you, when you tailor make it, it feels more rewarding. Yeah. Like you, you feel like you accomplished something. Like I don't have my deck anymore, but I had my Emil the Blessed deck and I wanted to run a lot of creatures to flicker ETBs. So I didn't want to run a lot of removal. I think the only removal I ran was Swords Path and maybe a Beast Within. But the rest of my removal was creature based. And I would get continuous removal because I would flicker things. So I had things like Terastid mm -hmm. on in there is a really good example of just like a flicker. Oh, you yeah. get value consistently. We are, we are big fans of nasty Terasti here. The, oh, nasty Terasti. Yeah. I don't like that. <laughs> so, 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 so hey, hey, you, you wanted to like make Janet a thing. You got to respect the other cards that are already things like nasty Terasti. <laughs> I have another question for you, Chase. Yes. And this is this is something that I wanted to bring up um, last week for um, our New Year's, like our year in review episode. Yeah. But the conversation kind of didn't go that way. Um, so this past year was uh, for a hot minute considered the year of goad mm -hmm. slash the year of treasure. Um, and that got a lot of people talking is goad removal. I think. For other people, it can be. Um, for me, no. And it, it it depends. It really depends. It depends on how you play it. Because, um, like, I know that if someone has goaded a creature against me, typically I don't want to block it because the kind of decks I play, I really need all my pieces on board. Mm -hmm. So it gets my life total down, but I wouldn't say for me it would be. But I mean, then again, it depends. I would say, I would say yes. It helps with the player removal. It helps it remove blockers. It does. It can do that. Um, there are some creatures that also make it so creatures have to block too. So that is, in a sense, a weird way mm -hmm. of integrating removal into a deck. Yeah. Now, it it really got me thinking because there's like ways to play removal without like playing removal yes 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 yes, yes and yes, I, yes. I think like goad um i know i've sold you on counter spells being removal that has helped a lot actually mm -hmm. like tap down or like 
cards don't untap effects like Yose um, mm. or dare I say like back to basics and stuff like that. It's kind of like removing lands. Yeah. To me, there's this idea of like removing decisions is the same mm. thing, but not really the same thing as just playing a path to exile on a creature. If you can't use the creature, if you can't block mm. it if, or block with it, if you can't attack with it, can't activate the abilities, it is mm. just taking up space on the playmat, doing nothing. It is essentially removed. Yeah. Um, I really like that you say that because it, it, and I've also kind of learned this too a little bit uh, while working on the EDH cast, you know, my perception of like what good removal is has kind of changed because I think our perspective has kind of been warped by the quote unquote staples. So like your blasphemous axe, your beast within, you know, your, your swords, your path, you know, we think, okay, single target removal or mass destruction, but removal can be a little bit different in that way that I really appreciate. Like um, there's alternative uses. So like one thing I learned recently Artifact mutation um, is a is a kind of a fun card in terms of removal because even if you can't remove the thing, there's still an alternative use for that. You still end up getting like a ton of tokens. You still get a ton of creatures. Like if you target a blight steel with um, an artifact mutation, you're still going to get the tokens. You're just not going to be able to destroy it or like access denied. It's like a what like a five mana counter spell. That's very heavy for a counter spell and like it removes a spell on the stack which is, you know, how you got me into thinking counterspells are removal, mm -hmm, which is mm -hmm, kind of, mm -hmm. I like it now. But um, it also gets you a lot of tokens as well. I just think it's really fun to kind of reframe your your perception of removal because then it opens up so many more interactions that you wouldn't have thought yeah. possible. I know, like, uh, I am a huge fan of Azuri's Predation. Yes. Which is essentially, a, it's a green wrath in a way. Like, it's mm. a green fighty wrath. But... If those four fours are fighting smaller creatures, you get a board behind it. Like you get stuff that you get to keep. It combos with things like Warstorm Surge slash Terror of the Peaks. Um, you can gain like I've gained like four hundred life with Tristani in the past. Like there's more than just the removal part of removal. Like um, hmm. Dusk Dawn. I Dust to Dawn, yeah, 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 yeah. I used to run that. Where like my, it's a, um... it's a wrath on the front end, and then yeah. recursion on the back end. Cost the same as Wrath of God, uh, mana wise. Like mm -hmm. there, so many more possibilities for your game plan, and so mm -hmm. many more possibilities for your deck building in general. Open up and get a lot more exciting when you look past like the twenty five pieces of removal that people just automatically default to. I would agree with that. If I'm being honest, there's also a couple cards here that. Uh, we don't have written down, but they just came to mind while you were talking. Um, yeah. <clears throat> cards that sort of replace um, things like this. Like we talked about this, I think two episodes ago, question mark. Wave of Vitriol, I think is an interesting form of removal. Love this card so You still much. get stuff back, but it takes away the threat on the board. Or you just straight up punish the greed of the yes. table and these greedy yes. mana bases that everyone's running into. <laughs> but like that's a fun, weird form of removal in green. Is it expensive? Yes, but it it removes you're playing the green. threat. Yeah, you're well, yeah, you're playing green, but it removes the threat, but still gives you the possibility of a board state, you know, yeah. which I think is really interesting. Or um my favorite card, which is technically a fog, but I like to view it as removal is a uh, comeuppance. I love this card. 
so much. <laughs> I don't know if I got you onto this card or if just enough no, people said, "Hey, years. you need you need to be running, come up." It's like, yeah, I know. Like a like a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. people were like just starting to run it, and like now it's like super a thing these yes. days. Yes, but I still feel like not as many people are running it, which. Again, like, I don't think it's the type of card that's like staple status, but like those gotcha cards. I love those gotcha cards in the place of removal cards because they still give you meaningful interaction, but you're thinking outside the box. You're getting creative and they're flexible. I think that's the huge thing with a lot of, with a lot of these alternatives to Mm -hmm. the, the couple of staples that people find boring and dreadfully run in their decks. They just do more interesting things and create more interesting situations. When I look at comeuppance in particular, I think a lot of people just look at the fact that it's a paragraph and they don't read it. I've had this card for like four years and I love it so much because it is, it is removal. It's removal and fog because it protects you from like this big um, non-creature source. It literally is like a, a, like a mirror almost. If creatures are coming at you, you, you play comeuppets and oh my gosh, all that damage gets dealt to the creatures that are coming at you. Or if there's like a non-creature source of damage, it gets reflected back at your Mm -hmm. opponent. So not only do you, you, you save yourself and you don't save any of your other opponents, which can be really good for those big game ending plays that maybe one player has. And then all of a sudden it's Una reverse card. No, I have, I have a turn to buy myself some time and also wipe your board completely or deal 30 damage to your face. And suddenly I'm the victor. I have won games with this card. It's so oh, yeah. good. Uh, I, I have beaten you in games with this card. <laughs> it's so fun. And it it, ne- it literally never gets old. It doesn't, because no one expects it. No one expects no. it. I didn't realize this card's seven years old. Yeah. Sorry, eight years old. This is 2014. Commander 2014. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> There's only one printing. Yeah. It so it is it's ten dollars, and I think that's probably why it hasn't seen more widespread play. Like for what it is, you know, when a when a Wrath of God is like three dollars and this is ten dollars. <sighs> They're the same mana cost. I can understand running the wrath of God over something like this. Well, I mean, I have I have one word. I have I have one word for this card. Hit me. All right. Hit me. Sunforger. Yeah. It's Sunforger. You can you can get it with Sunforger. Sunforger is four or less, by the way. That's yeah. crazy to me. Yeah. No, there's some like insane, insane instance that like if people open their eyes just cards like Sunforger, like you would run them in a heartbeat. I'm not even thinking just like removal. I'm thinking like glorious end chance for glory, like yeah. all of those kinds of cards. I think it's interesting. Like we went from like, like here's this piece of removal. to like, Hey, if I'm running this card, then I can like also run this other really cool card that doesn't see too much play. Like Sunforger mm-hmm. is a Boros staple, but like, not a lot of people play it outside of Boros Boros. They don't play it in Mardu that often. They don't play it in Naya yeah. that often. They don't play it in Jeskai mm-hmm. very often. Like the possibilities that like one card, like one, just one weird card in your deck can open. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, your, your imagination can run wild with, uh, with a card. I think we've really pigeonholed ourselves um, yeah. And, and again, this is me talking very broadly because, you know, you have to understand that when you when you are as plugged in 
to the community, things seem way more amplified than they actually oh, yeah. are. Um, and this is something I've, I've talked about a lot, but like, I think we as a community have really pigeonholed ourselves into, you know, our, our perception of what removal is. And we did talk about this a little bit, but like, if you just change one card, you have access to a lot more mm -hmm. in your, in your deck, even just changing your perception on removal. Like now, because you talked about counter spells in that way, last episode, I got countered at FNM last night and I was a little bit, I was a little bit, I was a little bit poopy about it, but like at the same time, I'm like, I mean, you removed my spell on the stack. That makes sense. And it, it's it's just parsing it out that way has helped a lot. At the end of the day, like using a counter spell to counter, um, you know, such and such a card on the stack is the same end result as like using an anguish on making once it's hit play. Like, oh, yeah, you got the false sense of security that that card could resolve mm -hmm. versus someone was just very direct with you and said no. Yeah. I like how you worded that though. Like people have pigeon held themselves. And yeah. I think this goes beyond staples because people have pigeon held themselves to hills that they are willing to die on. Yep. That are like unhealthy hills to die on. Um, and I think just with the state of the internet and like how it's just really, really difficult to um, convey tone in a tweet. Mm -hmm. um, people have just escalated the situation further than it needs to go yeah. with like basically everything in general. But I think like this particular you know, just run, more, run more removal thing. It almost reads as snark. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would agree with that. It, it, it just feels kind of like a throwaway phrase that you say now yeah. to be like, Oh, you know, like shut up essentially. And you know, it, it could very well not be that way to people who do say this, but like mm -hmm. at the same time, I think it, things require way more nuance and way more discussion than just run removal. I mean, yeah. Two, 240 characters to. can't convey everything. No. Yeah. And you know, like like you mentioned, not every not every deck wants to, not every deck yeah. can. Yeah, exactly. There's yeah. uh, ooh, uh, like things like this, like Nikia of the old ways. You can't cast yeah. on creature spells, so you can run removal in your creatures, but that does limit your card pool drastically. Yeah, stuff like that. Or like you can't run your beast within. You can't run no. your wave of vitriol when Nikia is in play. No, you cannot. You're stuck. Mm -hmm. Unless. Your own commander is removed. <laughs> what do you propose is the solution to um, just run more removal? Do you like, do you think the actual solution is to actually run more removal? Well, I'm really glad that you asked that because I was going to ask you that. You stole my segue. Um... <laughs> I got you. Same wavelength. I think, I think we need to run more unconventional removal. I mm -hmm. think much like deck building, it's, it's a muscle. And right now yeah. we, we've kind of fallen into this muscle memory of, Oh, I open up a new deck and I know that I'm in green. Okay. Soul ring Kodama's reach rampant, um, cultivate a beast within off the bat. I know those are going to be in there. And you know, like that's, that's not fun for me uh, at least. And so I think running like, unconventional pieces of removal is the way to go. I know that we talked about it in like Alibu, but like in my Chandra deck, I do have a blasphemous act in there, but I mean, I also have removal. It's in there for a reason though. It is. It is. Cause I have, um, I have Torolf. Yeah. Which, which, you know, redirects all that damage and makes it super excessive and amazing. And I love it. 
it's a two card win con in mono red. It makes sense there. If you're going to run these different staples, I think having a better reason than, well, it's, it's just a really good card. It's a staple. I have to run it. Yeah. Getting past that. I have to run this card is the solution to all of the, all of these problems. Cause there's always an alternative. There's always oh, a yeah. card that's going to be more exciting. Oh yeah. Than path to exile, than swords to plowshares. Yeah. It might yeah. not cost one mana, but if you're building a deck for the kind of table where it's okay to not run those cards, don't run yeah. those cards. Try I mean, like try and get out of your comfort zone. I think it's a really, really amazing deck building exercise. Yeah. I mean, even in Chandra, I've included pieces that I would never run anywhere else. Like, I don't think they're amazing, but I run them for two reasons. They're, they're pieces of removal, and they also tutor me for Planeswalkers, which is really mm -hmm. hard to do. They're, they're specific Planeswalker tutors, like Chandra's Flame Wave, Chandra's Outburst, Liberating Combustion. All of those, if you asked me to run them in any other red deck, I would tell you why would I do that. But like in my Chandra deck, it makes sense. It's, it's removal, or at least, at the very least, dealing a lot of damage and it also functions as a tutor and graveyard recursion by the way because they say get them back from the graveyard i don't think that's that bad because it, it feels more rewarding to cast that than a blasphemous act in in my opinion so i basically made a living the last like year helping a lot of my friends just like diversify the cards in their decks so, like i because they they feel like they plateaued like you mentioned um, you mentioned deck building is a muscle. Well, there's this mm. idea in exercise, sports science, and like working out, weightlifting. Like when you don't continually push yourself, your fitness plateaus. And mm. they felt like they were plateauing with their deck building. So I said, take out every single staple or every single card in the like top fifty most played cards on EDA Trek, and then let's rebuild your deck. So. In doing so, we like we actually discovered um, there are better cards out there than the staples. Yeah, definitely. like unironically, like say you don't want to run Blasphemous Act. Yeah, well, have you ever heard of Hour of Devastation before? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. This card's like actually one of my favorite cards. Been I've been running it a lot more often these days. So it's three and two red for a sorcery that says all creatures lose indestructible until end of turn. Hour of Devastation deals five damage to each creature in each non-Bolas Planeswalker. What are the chances that there's going to be a Bolas Planeswalker on the table? Honestly, <laughs> probably kind of low unless you're playing like a Nickel Bolas theme deck. Yeah. So this removes like most of the theros gods like most indestructible stuff and it just makes them lose indestructible until end of turn so like the the stone wall that um avacyn angel of hope would put on someone's board just completely gone until the end of turn so they don't get free blocks mm -hmm. and they're all softened up yeah it's five damage too so it's gonna remove a lot of stuff really I mean, yeah mostly yeah yeah, is you know there's a there's a difference between five mana deal five and one mana deal thirteen, but the biggest counter to a lot of these staple cards is other staples like mm -hmm. heroic intervention, unbreakable formation gives creatures yeah. control indestructible. That's the one that I was thinking. Flawless maneuver was the other one that I was thinking mm. of. Um, that, yeah, yeah. That I know you really like that one. Yeah, I do. 
this might be me going off on a tangent. I think this is important because a card that I wanted to bring up was Star of Extinction, which oh, is... Oh, yeah. Yeah, seven mana, destroy target land, Star of Extinction deals 20 damage to each creature in each Planeswalker. First of all, it hurts my soul because it deals with each Planeswalker, which is why I don't run it in Chandra. But I like this card. And it's a pretty... For what it is, it's pretty expensive. I think it's like $3, $2. And, yeah, and people are like, well, you know, in my head, I'm like, why don't we run this more often? And then in my head, I'm like, it, it made complete sense because in my head, I'm like, okay, well, Blasphemous Act is nine mana. And then I went, no, it's not. Blasphemous Act it's is one. one mana. We have been spoiled by cheap removal. We have been spoiled yeah. by cheap removal. That's why we get so excited about like swords and path and, and you know, beast within and stuff. Spoiled. Did you know that there's a Wrath of God? Sorry, there are two Wrath of Gods that cost two and three mana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it one of Vanquish the Horde? Vanquish the Horde from the the last Innistrad block, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mini block, and then Hour of Revelation from Amonkhet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Hour of Revelation is actually insane because it hits like all non-land permanents. Which is a pretty pretty rough. You get the discount if there are 10 or more non-land permanents on the battlefield. Which is always going to happen. That's always going to happen. Turn three onwards. <laughs> this is white, white, white. To just yeah, yeah, remove yeah. everything. You could realistically cast a Blasphemous Act on like turn three. Yeah. For one mana. Realistically. Like yeah. that's kind of weird. You know, when we when we think about how the format has evolved, how easy this threshold is, especially now with like treasures. Totally. Oh, yeah. like especially with our revelation. You have you have any number of treasures, tokens, stuff like that. It, you're you're done. We're gonna play a game real quick. Uh, we're gonna Ooh. we're gonna play Price is Right. Yes, yes. Price is Right. The price of our revelation right now. Our revelation. Yeah. Okay. The the whiteboard <sighs> wipe. I'm gonna guess a dollar. Uh, you are way over. Like way I'm way over. over. Yeah. How much is it? This card is twenty eight cents. It's tw- it's a quarter. Yeah. What? It was reprinted in the Zendikar Rising Commander deck, and that okay. version is twenty eight cents. I feel like we're going Moneyball. Like Chase, this is Hour of Revelation. People don't read any further past Sorcery Speed and the mana cost of six. This is a Destroy All Nonland Permanents board wipe that costs three. <sighs> If you're playing Commander, everyone wants us to hire the board wipe that costs $4 and we could put Hour of Revelation in our deck for 28 cents. Can I just say, I think, I think Commander players have what I'm, I'm now coining the term Pip Blindness. They do. Yes. I think we look at Pips and I think we're like, nah, (laughs) I really think, I really think that's what it is with this card. Cause like the threshold is pretty low. Yeah. It gets rid of everything. But like, if you're desperate, you're desperate, man. And like, I think we just look at the fact that there are three white pips and we're like, I'm done. Really. I think that's what we're doing. Long gone are the days. Like, I don't know before they printed the triumphs and before treasure really got a ton of support. Yeah. I could understand not running, um, all of these different triple pip cards, people were hesitant to run them in two color decks. But with like the Battle Bond lands, the Triomes from Nuka Pena and Ikoria, yeah. tons of treasure that we've gotten like this last year, pips don't matter anymore. You can run these cards and not worry. When we're when we're looking at these cards, it really is just a matter of our perception. I think that we we are so used to low mana values and at the same time treasure this drive has made things- for efficiency. 
the drive for efficiency treasure has made things way more accessible to us, but I think that we're refusing to see that particularly with cards like this. Like there's a couple of, um, cards that I, I run. I, Oh gosh, there's one. I don't remember. It's like X and four white. It's from like Kamigawa or something. It's like return things from the, Oh, um, yes. Yes. Uh, I look at that. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm like, why am I running this? It's so expensive. You know, I'm not going to be able to get it. And then I'm like, well, you know, you're in a deck that runs a lot of white. You have treasures. You hit smothering tithe pretty consistently. That's not that hard of a thing to do, even in a a, a dual color deck nowadays. I think back, back maybe three years ago, four years ago, running a four, four white pip spell in a Boros deck would be a little bit, would be a little bit touch and go. It's not really that way anymore. Um, yeah. It's a lot easier than we think it is. The fixing from the land drops alone mm-hmm. is so consistent now. Like if you put the work in to like fine tune the mana base. Yeah. Doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't. Or like, I mean, I know I have a treasure deck, so it's like dedicated to treasure, but I, yeah. I, I don't, I really don't pay attention to my land colors unless I am like in the early game and I'm missing a color because mm-hmm. all I need is like by three colors and then I don't have to worry about it anymore. That and the fact I do also run chromatic lantern, which, you know, kind of fixes that issue a little bit. I run world tree for the same reason. Like it just yeah. puts training oils on the mana base. Yeah. 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 Which helps a lot, but like mm-hmm. I, I, I've, I've dirtled over to EDH rack and currently uh, I'm looking at the top cards, uh, top 100 cards within the past two years and the pieces of removal that show up within the first like 15 cards, I want to say, is Swords, Beast Within, Path, uh, Cyclonic Rift, Chaos Warp, and Blasphemous Act. Those are the top pieces of removal currently listed. Those aren't cheap cards either. No, no, they're not. It adds up when you get one for each and every one of your decks. After a while, you're like, mm-hmm. you hold four Cyclonic Rifts and you're like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> uh, I am the furthest thing from a budget player. Yeah. But at the same time, I I love a good deal when I can get a good deal. Yeah. And the cards you can get a good deal on genuinely just like excite me more yeah. at times. I feel like it's more exciting to do like an Aetherize or an Aether Spouts than a Cyclonic Rift. Mm-hmm. Because it that's still removal, but it's it's not yeah. the whole board. But it, it gets it eliminates one player. It still allows the rest of the table to play and only has one person rebuild their board yeah. state. It's less feels bad and it gives you more of a interesting dynamic i think it's a defensive tool whereas like cyclonic rift is a i'm gonna try and win the game yes yes, yes, or i'm trying to like prolong the inevitable there's baggage with cyclonic rift yeah like am i gonna run a card like river's rebuke no i think that's a little that's not the vibe that i tend to play because that that's just like a single person cyclonic rift yeah like that's not cool in my book I do like rolling earthquake in Chandra. Yeah. Which is dealing X damage to like, what is it with like each player and each creature without horsemanship. Love that. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting to use to say weather like captain yeah. to get Sun Quan into play with celebrity Deathmatch in response to that. And like, you said without horsemanship, right? Yeah. I love that. Jokes on like- you. I have horsemanship. <laughs> I love that though, because it leads yeah. to those weird interactions and those weird plays. It's fun. It's weird. It's quirky. It's not samey, you know. Ice cold take. 
you don't get cards that elicit the, the like the oh my gosh reaction as often when it's a staple. I agree. It boils down to what I said towards the beginning of the show. The staple removal pieces are just boring, so people have stopped putting them in their decks. And like I get that. I'm one of those people. Yeah. I just I think it's a I don't know. I I I don't think we've talked about it on here yet, but we I know we for a fact we've talked about it online. The concept of staples, I don't really like anymore. I don't really even like to use the term. It just feels like it just phoning it, it I don't in. Know, it feels like it yeah, if, not even that. I mean, yeah, probably phoning it in. It just feels like I am limiting myself. It feels like I'm limiting mm-hmm. myself and I'm not giving myself the option. And I'm not saying like, oh, if you run staples, bleh, you're bad. No, do what brings you joy. That is the whole point of deck building. At a certain point, having some staples, like you you need some grease on the wheels to make sure that the wheels work. Yeah. But when you put nothing but grease on the wheels, the wheels are just going to get unhinged. When you're constantly Tokyo drifting... You forget how fast you're going. I think this this whole just run more removal thing, just play removal. Uh, oh, like it just dies to removal. I think people are trying to say one thing. And because of tone and um, just being a meme and a buzzword at this point, it's yeah. just, it's it's been lost. And so here's what I'm going to say on that. This is this is probably me being the pessimist. Yeah. Um, in a forum where the majority of us exist, the fact that it is a visual only forum, we don't really have that luxury to, to, to have that kind of discourse. I think, no. you know, you and I especially, and I know a lot of other wonderful creators in this community always like to think about, you know, going in with positive intent. You know, everyone has like positive intent with stuff. And that's definitely true. But I think on Twitter, I think everybody just kind of loses sight of that. And we always just assume malintent or even we ourselves kind of go in with that foot um, because tone is lost. I agree. And I think that, you know, having, being able to discuss it, you know, camera to camera, you know, verbally, you can hear us, you know, we're not Mm -hmm. trying to be like, you're bad. Like, no, like (sighs) being able to have that to hear at, I think is a lot easier for us to discuss it and to have the platform to discuss it is a better way than just us typing out a tweet. It's not going to have the same impact, I think, because if we just type out a tweet and say, if we, if we just typed out a tweet right now and said, um, saying dies to removal or just run removal is a buzzword and you should have better, uh, you know, uh, discussion and criticism of, of cards and, and does in card design, I think Twitter would burst into flames. Probably. <laughs> I think it even, would burst even into more so than it already is. Yeah, it's been quiet lately too. I mean, we could we could start something if we wanted to, but I don't think we should. No, not me opening Twitter right now. How could <laughs> not I? Not me cracking. I'd knuckles. never. <laughs> I'd never do that. But I think that you're right. the The concept of you know just run more removal has become just a throwaway phrase, and we don't really we don't really critique things. I think in the way that we should now. You know, a lot yeah. of people were very quick to be like, you know. Sheldon's really wrong for this. And these are really bad opinions, but like it was a critique that analyzed the card in a way that I don't think a lot of us would have. A lot of us would have just said, that's why he's doing the job that he has. And we're not exactly. I think it's, he's he's one of the few people that would just off the cuff gut reaction 
would immediately think like that and immediately yeah. look at something from that kind of perspective. Yeah. I think, I, I think, think there's something to be learned there. I think so too. A lot of, a lot of social media is really reactive and I guarantee mm -hmm. you that a lot of people are going to get, you know, um, a lot of reactions out of like, we'll just run removal. You know, it just sounds like, you know, like if I'm like someone's holding up something above their head and I'm trying to get it cause I'm short and I'm jumping to get it. They're gonna be like, we'll just get taller. What, what, what does that help? What does that do for me? Yeah. Nothing. Now, it doesn't do anything. You, you, you have me thinking right now and I, I know we're like sl slowly <laughs> wrapping up, but I, th I think yeah. this is, I think this is important. Um, there, there's been a vibe cultivated, uh, with the whole, a lot, you know, a lot of people aren't running a lot of removal anymore. Yeah. There, there's been these like game states, these, these just games in general that have developed where no one's interacting with each other. No one is trying to stop the other person. It is literally just a rat race to the top it's, it's and to solitaire. a win. Everyone's playing their own version of solitaire. You're not actually playing a game with each other. You're playing a, you're, you're playing a game with yourself with four other people at the table. I've fallen into like, this before. I've who can before. who can assemble their Rube Goldberg machine the fastest? Like, personally, I don't find that fun. Yeah. Um, personally, I I don't think interesting decisions mm -hmm. in a format of interesting decisions arise from a game state like that. Yeah. Like if we're if we're just gonna sit there and like not not interact with each other, I'm not gonna touch your stuff. You're not gonna touch. You're not gonna touch my lurking predators and anything like that. And we're just gonna see who wins first. You're not actually really playing magic. You're not really playing commander. You're not even playing solitaire. Like you're just mm -hmm. flopping cards onto a table at, yeah. at that point, and like maybe having a beer with your buddies. And there are. I, I recognize there are people who like that kind of game. Yeah. I just think I think a lot of people out there think like that but they don't know how to properly express that which is why they say just run removal i would agree with that i think i've fallen into that myself i noticed that i tend to get very interactiony but i don't tend to do a lot of combat and i've had that critique mm -hmm. before mid-game um you know i'm i'm a cautious i would like to describe myself as a cautious player but i think it could also be just because i'm so focused on the inner machinations of what i'm yeah. doing which I, again is not a bad thing you like the Rube Goldberg engine decks. I do. That just happen to be nervous. based in the aggressive, passionate color. Yes. <laughs> the one that's very good at thinking clearly. Um, yes. <laughs> I, I play I play aggro very, very cautiously, which is a weird way to word it. But yeah. like I do agree with that. I think that we have become a little bit maybe timid. I think we've become a little bit um, hesitant to explore new things. Um, mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of things pop up, especially recently on Twitter in, in you know, the form of people tweeting out, you know, this card is insane. It'll be like a card from maybe five, six years ago. And we're like, whoa, why aren't we running that? And it's like, cause we're just so stuck in our ways of like, yeah. we have to run this. And that's not anybody's fault. It's not like a website's fault. It's not like, you know, whatever's fault. It's just, we've fallen into this pattern. And, you know, I think the more we explore the, the, my, okay, hold on. My bit of advice, my parting bit of advice, instead of plopping in that blasphemous act or wrath of God or the swords or the path or the beast within, I would really recommend doing an advanced search on Scryfall, clicking your colors and just shopping. Just do a little shopping. I, I want to call it diversity. 
Mm -hmm. diversity of cards, diversity yeah. of thought and um, accepting and um, relishing in diversity of opinion in the format. Mm -hmm. I think I think that could go a long way for a lot of people, you know, not just not just removal, mm -hmm. uh, but for, you know, if someone tweets on Twitter like, hey, I really, really, really love um, Reckless Endeavor, which is another board wipe, love but it's a card. board wipe on D12s that makes yeah. treasure. And so and if someone says, hey, man, like that costs seven mana, that's unplayable. They don't know the context of where they're trying to play this kind of card. You know, maybe with their play group, seven mana is perfect. You know, opening your opening your your mind, I would say, is a good way to do it. Everything has a place. Yeah. That place might just not have been found yet. So if someone. Oh, that's a good thing you just said. That's a good yeah, thing I you know. just said. I've been saying I've, <laughs> I've literally been saying that exact thing for years. I love the like, I love the humbleness. I know. That, yeah that was a good thing i said but like it yeah. is because you know no one was really bopping off about viridian revel two three years ago until i did a scryfall yeah. advanced search and now people are like super <laughs> into it now they're into it it, it hasn't just found now, its place now they're yet. drawing this hella a, cards in green that is such a good way to word that this card isn't bad it just hasn't found its place yet that yeah. slap that on the t-shirt i like that <laughs> that's a good one i've been on a roll with like these, hey, you normally say this. Why don't you try saying this instead? Like this whole week has been nothing but that. So like Clippy from from Microsoft. Mm -hmm. You searched <laughs> just run removal. Did you mean <laughs> run unconventional pieces of removal to make your deck building experience more joyful? You're finding some of these cards not exciting. Here, let me help you find some cards that you actually do find exciting. You you say this card dies to removal. Did you mean? I don't like your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for watching Mad at Magic. If you don't know who I am, my name is Chase, also known as Mana Curves. I'm a commander content creator streaming Paper Commander and Commander deck building on my Twitch channel, which is also Mana Curves. You can find me on Twitter at Mana Curves, and you can also find me writing articles about Commander for the lovely folks at Star City Games. And I'm Eddie K. Place Cards on all of the things. I work behind the scenes with all of your favorite Commander content creators like Casual Magic with Shivan Bot and Ailey and Olivia on Elder Dragon Hijinks. So if you're supporting them, you're supporting me. You can support this show by liking and subscribing to the YouTube channel or leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform, leaving a comment, all that kind of stuff, tweeting about the show. We'll know that you like the show because it really does go a long way in helping the show. And we'll see you next week.